I like that. Ah, I like that, that at the very end. Hi, uh, this is Apostle Baker J. Baker welcoming you to the still telling it like it is. And what I want you to do is push those buttons, uh, 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 invite your friends, your enemies, your cousins, your uncles, invite all those people that are there for Thanksgiving that you oh. want to see, the ones that you don't want to see, and all of that. Because Apostle Barry Cook is here with me today. And, you know, he's a historian. He, I mean, the man is off the hook, but we're going to keep him right on target with what it is that he's going to talk about today. And uh, come on in, Apostle Barry. Well, praise the Lord. It's good to see you today. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, it's good to be with Apostle Cal just uh, earlier. I think you did that last week. You ran from there over to... Uh, to the <laughs> so that's a beautiful thing. And uh, we were talking on his about spiritual warfare, which was oh. um, good, good conversation. So. All right. It, so it what are good. you talking? What, what are we you talking about today? You oh, had- don't you know it? It's going to be good. I'm going to talk. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you a little bit about some stuff on my mind and on my spirit. And that is, um, uh, I'm going to take it from a leadership standpoint, but I want to talk about um, training, spiritual training, and um, but I want to kind of talk about it from a, a, a ministry perspective, understanding how to make that transition and why it's so critical to become trainers and the people, how people have to respond and understand what's going on so that they can get to where they need to get to in life. You know, it's a big deal today. We talk about coaches. We talk, everybody's a coach today on Instagram. I mean, you know, they don't have nothing to do. They can't get a job. So they're going to become a coach, you know? And um, unfortunately that doesn't qualify to you to be a coach. I mean, you know, um, takes a far more. It took me a while to become a coach. You know, know, I know I'm just (laughs) saying, and, and, you know, there's various aspects you have to learn about that. I mean, even and, and of course, there's people take courses across the Internet or whatever. But um, it's easy to tell people what to do until you get in the middle of a situation yourself. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and, I, and, I, and I, I say this because, you know me, I got I want to hit in several different directions while I'm talking about the subject. But, you know, I'm saying this because I'm dealing with so many ministries and pastors where the pe- the first it was the pastors didn't understand about making a transition to get the church out of old paradigms into new ones. Now, most of the pastors are understanding, but the people aren't understanding. So they're resist, yeah, they shout it down, but they really don't want to make any changes from old wineskins to, to move into new places. May I interject something here? Please. This- Okay, this is so timely. Mm. Mm. Put into a position where I'm going to be a part of um, helping disperse humanitarian type monies and things mm-hmm. and helping to do that. But the thing is, is that one of the things is, is that people are not trained in order what to do. We're trained in how to feed the poor. That is not what to do just go and feed the poor okay right. so just stay poor okay mm-hmm. but one of the things is is that the poor mind has to change to a broke mind okay i'm not poor i'm broke 
Poor is a state of mind. Broke is a temporary condition. So this is a temporal, temporary thing. And But the people training the people to be able to handle what's coming in. We're talking about kingdom finance. And you know I'm a kingdom, I'm a kingdom of uh, prosperity, um, riches, honor, and then wealth. You know, I believe in the progression. Because there's yeah, progression. right. You and I've talked about this, and I'm taking more time than I normally would because I want to hear everything. Oh, you have to say. good. But uh, I'm being put in. I'm, I'm being put in this position, and these are things that I have done, and I have tried to train others, but they have not wanted to see it because they have not wanted to understand the discipline and understanding that the Bible says, if you're going to reign with me, then you also have to suffer with me, and if we're not willing to go through those stages in um uh and come out of that religious church which is the world which is um uh, politically correct christianly correct or whatever it is correct which god never called us christians and all of those things in the training will never come and therefore they will never be able to handle prosperity never never honor of that and definitely not wealth so this is so timely. So, and it's a spiritual thing because the kingdom of God is spirit that manifests in the in in in, in our actions. And so, I am so I will shut up at that moment. Yeah. And this is the reason that I know that God put us together. Barry, you are one of the you you're one of the joys in my life. <laughs> well, I appreciate the fact that you let me, uh, you know, speak on things that are uh, at the top of my heart and not just uh, put me back through old outlines because I do it, but I don't like it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm a free That's man. That's why we're still telling it like it is. That's why yeah. you're on this particular. Amen. Amen. Well, that's good. I mean, two things come to mind. One's a story and one's a lesson. So I'll just go ahead and tell the story. Uh, and that is, there was one, just because of the subject you were saying, there was a time in my life, I was pastoring a good-sized church. And, you know, and I've I, I started and pastored multiple churches over the years, but um, not till the last three did I do a whole different pattern. I was kind of in the in the tweaking phases of of figuring out how to start an apostolic type of church, build teams in it and get the body fully functioning and then get it where it needed to go and, uh, and get out there. But I remember one time I was pastoring this one church and I was ready to make a transition, which I often did. I didn't, I, I would start them, get them going, get them molded. And then I would feel a leading to go somewhere else and do something similar. And, um, and so I was trying to turn the church over to this guy. And there was a church that was underneath me at that time that I see the word term underneath. They related to me in a ministry network that I had. Um, they were a brother and sisters in the Lord uh, to me, friends. But um, they related to me in the ministry network that I had. And um, and they wanted me to hand the church over. But they, they And I don't mean anything mean about this, but... He had about 30 people in his church. He had a very small budget and um, and nothing wrong with this. But he was a great guy and had tremendous potential. But he would not. And I said, look, he said, the only way I'll come in and, and be trained is if I can bring all my staff and they just take over your ministry. And then I and then that way I can work with my I'm like, but brother, your 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 staff doesn't even work full time and minor minor working 12 hours a day and, 
and still not finishing their jobs. I'm like, I don't think you understand the difference. I'm like, my budget's like 40,000 a month and yours is 2,500. I said, again, I'm not throwing nothing. All he could hear was I'm controlling him. And the thing was, so I, I, I was at a time too, I thought maybe I'm just being too hard on the guy. Let me step back just a little. Well, he couldn't go. I mean, he didn't make it a month. And he was like, I can't do this. This is impossible. This is so hard. I'm like, where? And he's like, how come I don't get any help? I said, because you didn't want my staff to help you. I'm like, and I don't know why. These are the ones holding me up. If they're holding me up, what made you think they? you wouldn't need them? I'm like, and they were willing to work for you. Now, after you did that, they ain't going to work for you. I'm like, and uh, still to this day, years later, he still says a story about how I controlled him and wouldn't give him the power to take over that, you know, thing. I'm thinking, not why still in my name, uh-uh, Jack, because all of that would have been in me. And, you know, and the point of that is, is that's that stronghold of the past and understanding that the only way that we move forward is to multiply ourselves into another generation and as best that we can. And in the meantime, train everything that's willing to be trained. But honestly, when we talk about training, we talk about discipleship, it's different than teaching or come to my Bible study. <laughs> it's a different mindset. It's a different preparation. It's a different hunger that the people express. You know, I'm going to tell you to get off your phone if you're coming because you want to be there and you're really trying to hunger. You'll shut it off yourself and focus. Even if you're getting tired, you'll be propping your eyeballs up with toothpicks and chugging down nasty coffee from the coffee pot, trying to hear so you don't miss something. Um, you know, but pastors have to get to a stage where they make a decision. Ministries have to get to a stage where they make a decision that they're going to 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 engage in a, a trainer stage. I don't know how to say it, but a trainer stage. I mean, it should be a, a trainer lifestyle, but you got to make the shift somewhere. And 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 I and the first thing that goes wrong in my experience over trying to implement this in churches is people feeling abandoned because their pastor is they're not talking to their pastor every single day and time that they talk. Now, first off, if he would have set it up right, he would have set up elders and deacons and he would have, they would have already been serviced by deacons and elders because that's the job of deacon and elders. But because we didn't do that part right, we stuck a bunch of business people on a board and, and, and just to put a signature on a, on a federal government thing, you know, so we made sure we had six people or whatever, many, whatever. And, um, and, and we put it on a paper and then we got full. I don't know. Well, did you do that? No, I didn't have a chance this week. What happened with these people? Yeah, I didn't ever get over there to the hospital. Sorry about that, pastor. You should go. I mean, it's stupid stuff. I mean, like inept, untrained, un unwilling, unrevelated. I mean, probably unsaved. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, and this is where, there has got to be people raised up that understand what you're you're trying to do, and then you got to. I always tell guys the first thing is you got to develop a strong teaching gift. And this is what I don't understand when people say, "Well, I'm a prophet, I don't teach." Well, I'm an evangelist, I don't teach. If you're going to be a leader, you have to be apt to teach. You can't be a deacon, and, and so you're not even going to make up the chain. I mean, 
You know, and, and that's another thing. People say, make it up a chain. Jesus don't have no chain. Yeah, yeah. He read the Bible. That's that's what the church is about. That's those training tracks the church has put in there. And, and they're not restrictive. They're freeing because they're liberating the anointing. They're dispersing it across the body. They're dispersing knowledge across the body. Everybody's becoming a teacher. Everybody's becoming a trainer. Everybody's what I always call fully functional. You know, where, where, you know, they can prophesy, they can teach, they can evangelize, they can set order, uh, they can love on people, they can do whatever it takes because they're fully functional in understanding the administrative power surges of the church. So we have to have strong teaching gifts, you know. And yeah, and, and let me just say to the flip side of that, people need to be able to preach too, because it always says preach and teach. And preaching pours oil and blows wind on things that you're doing when you're trying to teach, you know. And I, I mean, I mean, some of the best, you know, messages are people that are teaching, and then right in the middle of it, they stopped. And even now, I see the spirit of the Lord, and you're like, what? What was he doing? He was teaching so. But you feel the whole thing shift and then boom, back into teaching. You know, you're dealing with a seasoned person when they're, you know, because they're recognizing the atmosphere needs a little wind, needs a little oil poured up on it, needs a little, um, well, anyway, needs, you know, needs some lubricant in it to keep it moving smoothly and everything. And so the concept for, for for God as a father and his and and, and his expansion is seen and felt. And then it's understood. You begin to understand, like even the stuff I keep saying about elders and deacons. I say it over and over and over and over and over and over. Most of the time it takes people two or three years until all of a sudden I'll hear them talking about, well, you know what? I got my elders and deacons and, nine, 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 and my, that's what you need to do. And I'm thinking, you know, you fought me for eight years. And now six months ago, you changed it. And now you're an expert. But anyway, I mean, because there's problems that come up in that first first year too, just with that type of exchange. Because you lead different, you manage different, and hopefully we'll get into that some of this stuff because I'm I'm headed towards it. But you know, I think it's critical that we understand at this time that the, the the pastoral work moving into an apostolic paradigm, even if you feel you're a pastor, is is not because you feel you're an apostle. It is because you are raising up a church like the New Testament says to raise it, where the priest and the kings are taking uh, God's word and building a local assembly. So now you oversee that, you manage it, you, you manage the people, you raise disciples, you concentrate on strategic growth um, elements. And, and people say, well, I know, but I'm a pastor. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter whether you're a prophet, a pastor, that's an apostolic paradigm. That's an apostolic thought pattern. That's an apostolic strategy that is applied by whoever. But these are transitions that have to be made. And if we don't make transitions into training in our teaching, training people on this kind of stuff, and not just mention it. It's like pastors always say, well, I preached that. I preached a four-week series on that last last year. I think it was last year, wasn't it, honey? And I'm like, yeah, wow. And and how did that work? What, what do you mean? Well, I'm like, here we are a year later, 
You're telling me they don't they don't get it and they act like that. And I was like, you mentioned it four times. You moved on. And, and that means it wasn't ingrained in him yet. He didn't see it as part of it. And this is where pastors got to understand that you can't resist the prophetic flow or just wait to bring a prophet in. You have to exercise your own propensity in the prophetic on whatever level that is and what why because you know when you're when you are moving in that prophetic element it causes the word to have much more life it breathes breath into the body it the spiritual activities confirm the word that you're teaching and you're preaching and it clarifies and it activates people's spirit that you can't get activated otherwise. So, you know, I say that there has to be a teaching dimension. There has to be a good prophetic flow in the ministry in order to even get people going where they need to go. And then you really have to develop the ability for apostolic training. Now, (laughs) I say this, Exodus 6, 2 through 3, God spoke further to Moses and said, I am the Lord. I have appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, but my name, Lord, I did not make no- myself known to them. Basically he's saying, I came to you the first time and I told you, I mean, this is a uh, a modern version, which I should have used the King James because then it would have used the Hebrew words. You, know, you could have seen the difference in the word that he used. But one, the first word meant, I came to you as the great God, great creator, great God. Now I'm coming to you as your personal God. And I didn't show myself like that before. And now, and see, that's how we are. We come to Christ. We get to know him as the savior of the world. You know, he's, he's released his gifts and callings for all of us to experience. You know, we become part of the body of Christ universally. You know, the great Catholic church, not, not the denomination, but universal church, universal. Um, and we become, but he's saying, now I'm going to show you who I am personally. Now I want you to know who I am on a one-on-one basis. I'm going to show you who I am in your life. And that's where apostolic training starts to to get different um, because people want to still be treated in a casual way, in a general way. But yet, in order for God to go deeper with you, he's got to start dealing with you on a personal level. That means the pastor is going to preach the message. You're going to think he's been up in your business. That means, I mean, and, 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 and listen, I know I say that all the time, but there's scriptures in the Bible where Paul says to the people, it has come to my attention by so-and-so and so-and-so that you've been doing this. You don't have no right. They shouldn't have talked to you. I tell you what, I'm like, I'm just saying that, you know, Paul, Paul, he wasn't ashamed to say, he didn't say, well, you know, I just feel this. No, he said, no, I mean, somebody told me. And that's why I'm just asking you, is that true? <laughs> you know, he's like, I love it. Because he wasn't ashamed. I, people play games today. But that's the difference in what you want to be trained or not. Because when you want to be trained, you genuinely want to be better. And if you want to be better, even if it's hard things, you listen to it. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, especially in my early days, I would say, they'd say, what's the matter? You want me to stop? And I'm like, no. No, that's my flesh manifesting right now, but I need to hear what you're saying. Like, I want to argue with you, but I know my argumentation is going to support my old opinion, and that's not working. Help me. Just keep talking to me. 
And sometimes I get up and I'm say, I'm sorry, can I just stand up and pace while you're talking? They're like, yeah. I'm like, just keep talking to me though. Cause I'm like, I'm, I'm working it out, but I know if I don't swallow it and I don't get it down in me, I'm not going to change. And, and it hurts and it's painful. And that's why all these folks today that are so lightweight and that, that hurts me that, I mean, I know Dr. Baker, I get on these side trips all the time, but you know, I was born a homosexual, so therefore, um, you need to identify me as a homosexual. Okay, wait, wait. So what if I am born, you got two kids, and one's a brat and one's not? Do you just let that person identify as a brat because they were born a brat? They've been a brat since they were an infant? Or do you correct them? I mean, how many people do you hear say, well, I had three children, but this one was a hard egg. This one was just kind of had unmotivated, and then this one was motivated, you know, running around trying to accomplish everything and fail or whatever, you know. And it's like you get these person out. People say, "Well, but you don't say." Well, this this one's just a this one's just a, a, a punk. That's how they are. Let's give them a label, reward them for it. Matter of fact, if people get offended because they tell people that that's just who they are and they don't need to be identified at that. That's such a dumb concept in any other application. I mean, when it is unscientific and unbiological. So all of those mental gains are, <laughs> see, yeah, I go, I know, I know I get on this side trip, just as runs in our nation rampant. And I know we got to quit here soon, but we're still out there. But my point was, is we got to train. We've got to learn God in a fresh revelation. We have to have a fresh Holy Spirit revelation of greater dimensions of the anointing given to each generation that seal our success in serving our generation well. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus. I'm going to pray in tongues. Unless a senior pastor himself is flowing prophetically, he can't lead a present leadership paradigm of fresh revelations from God in the prophetic. I mean, if you just have to rely on people all the time, because that's not normal. You can bring in people to support you, but you're the one there. You can't just make, I remember in my home church growing up, we had revival once, sometimes twice a year. Otherwise, we didn't have revival. <laughs> we had revival when we had that one week of revival at our church, and that was our week of revival. And so everybody, and it was hilarious to me as a, as a kid, and I don't know how I could see this, but as a kid, I would, it used to puzzle me. Like, why does everybody come on time? Why is everybody praising God? Why is everybody yelling and screaming and running to the altar? Why is everybody giving and supporting the fact one week every year when we have revival? What happened revival? It's, oh, it's revival. We'll tell, oh, it's revival. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't. It wasn't a lifestyle. It was like it wasn't a habitation, as they say. It was a visitation. You know, uh, 23, 23 minutes into this, I know we just got a couple left, but you know, I'll stop on this then for this show, and I'll just say there is distinct factors of apostolic training versus other types of training, and one of them is uh, training focuses on renewing concepts. Apostolic training focuses on renewing the concepts of the minds of God's people. It's not just helping people to understand principles and the application aspects of the scriptures, but knowing the underlying thought and the heart behind 
what God said in that circumstance. Hallelujah. I know I need to hush. It's no, 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 no. I want you to go back and hit on something. We got about four, three minutes, four minutes, whatever it is. You were talking about, actually, you were talking about confrontation. And it's confrontation with that thing that is destroying that person because we as apostolic people and we as trainers and we as teachers and we as who we are, we're to see what's in that person and pull that out so that it can go forward. So talk a few minutes about the confrontation that you're talking about. It's not a negative thing. It's getting into people's business. They say, that's none of your business. You ain't got no business when you come into the kingdom. Yeah. So would you yeah. talk about that for Well, um, number one, in my, in my younger days, I would just attack stuff in people. <laughs> Um, nowadays, um, no, I take the time to think about what's the redemptive purpose on the other side of this. And then I take a little while teaching around it, you know, putting a frame around it. So when I do approach it, I've already dealt with most of the main belief systems that I can tell are out there, or at least throw some, you know, kick on the peg a little bit to where you know, I can hear the defense of it and be able to deal with it because, you know, basically I've learned that everything that, that we believe is like a table that's set up with four legs. And I may have said this before, but, and so, and the beliefs support a principle or a concept we have. So whether they be true or not, whether it came from a grandfather that didn't know what he was doing or whatever, I mean, he's someone that misquoted the Bible. Sometimes we get these beliefs in us. So we have to have those confrontations that discuss things. To, to, and, and that's why I say I like to bring things. And I say to people sometimes, yeah, well, Scripture says this. And they'll say, man, you're so argumentative. And I say, no, I, was, I felt like you might be right. But I thought you would tell me like what your perspective was if I told you mine. I didn't expect it was going to turn into a three-year war with you over something like I didn't even mean trouble. I just wanted to, I'm thinking if I'm right, great, you know, and if I'm not, then you need to swallow it. But that's how we all get better. And and we have to be willing to open up like that because, the, you know, and that's what I don't think people understand either is it, it's most managers are, are, are concerned about doing things right. Whereas leaders are concerned about doing the right thing. And and so apostles are concerned about both these aspects because they're wise master builders. It's not one or the other. They need to know the, is, what is the right thing to do at the right time with the right person for the right job. And, and, and this is what makes the difference in a person's quality when they've truly been trained by an apostolic leader, even spiritually. That's why I use that term fully equipped all the time. And people just think I mean works. I don't mean works. I mean that your spirit. I'm able to look at somebody and say to one of my sons or daughters in the faith, they so-and-so, I started to say some names of it. You'd know some of them, other people might too. You know, and I'd say, hey, brother, you know, what were you doing about this? I'm, and he, well, I'm like, okay, what about pastorally? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of blew it there, didn't I? I'm like, yeah. yeah. But don't relent on your other points. Add that in there and you'll get favor back. I promise you. You know, we we are out of time, but we 
We'll be back. I want you to have a great Thanksgiving and we're out of time and we're going to be back next week with Apostle Barry. This is, this is one of my favorite subjects and he is so good in it. So enjoy whatever it is. You enjoy your family tomorrow. Enjoy all of that. And we will be back next Wednesday when we're here still telling it like it is. This is for grown folks. This is not for, this is for people that want to change. If you want to stay the same, don't, don't join in. But if you want to change, come on back and join us. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. All right. I'll see you.